Boom. Greeting. Welcome back. Uh, we're doing another podcast with uh, Thiago Liao, uh, certified public <laughs> psychologist. <laughs> Something like that. That's, the, that's, that's, a, that's, that's good. Term, Let's right? go with that. <laughs> we're definitely going with that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and make sure that's quiet. That's quiet. That's quiet. First return guest. Yeah, yeah. First return guest. First return guest. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we just felt like we were getting into the meat of it, and yeah. then we, we stopped it last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. the meat was so tasty. Yeah. That was a while ago. I don't remember what that was. I don't know. We'll feel our way over to it again. All right. Well, one way or another. So much, so much for building the, on uh, past momentum. The interplay of jujitsu and psychology... PTSD, vets, training yeah. jiu-jitsu yeah, for yeah. therapy to work out their issues. It's, yeah, it's a fascinating conversation. We did just ricochet off the surface of it. I do yeah. recall yeah. some version of that. So, okay, so let's go back to the, the beginning, I guess, mm -hmm. not so much of the conversation, but more to the beginning of your experience. How did you start working with like PTSD and yeah, uh, how did you how did you start into trauma informed therapy? Um, so that was two thousand eleven uh, with my residency at the vet center in Boulder. Um, I began there, and it was a hell of a clinical experience. You, I ended up inheriting a Vietnam veteran group. I, there was a clinician that was retiring. My supervisor was a, a, a Marine corpsman uh, from Vietnam, became a therapist uh, after the war. And he gave, he was on his way out. And then I inherited that Vietnam group, which was an amazing experience, and ran another group with, who now is the director of the Boulder Vet Center for uh, the F. Uh, the OEF and OIF, the Enduring Freedom, and um, so Afghanistan and Iraq. That was an amazing experience. And so that was the beginning of exposure to the combat stuff. Um, it was a hell, hell of a training, hell of an education. I bet. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's some crazy stories, you know, crazy stories. Uh, you, you know, per the, you know, you, whatever image we usually have the free associating image of, and I'm sure you can comment a lot on some of this, sure. but, um, of what war looks like. And then the reality of it is sort of this just not computable experience pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I I avoided direct combat, which is mm. kind of awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't regret that at all. No, but uh, no. yeah, a I lot wouldn't. of a lot of my very good friends and a lot of a lot of the way we just did business um, was really informed in like how how war really goes and how people have to recover afterwards and. Um, yeah, I mean, just in, so the beginning piece is you're kind of preparing to be traumatized, uh, yeah. and in preparing to be traumatized, you get a, a, a sense of like what, not even what it's going to be like, but like how broken you could be, uh, they're, they're kind of, they do a lot of stuff to prepare you to like shut down mm. completely just to not be functional yeah um yeah it's a i don't know not a not a thing that i would like to experience and i have a better idea than i think lay people but still uh yeah it's, and it, you're bringing up the point that sort of i think inspired and eventually the eventually through it was in there, right? The the combination Brazilian Jiu Jitsu 
entered in my awareness somewhere along the clinical training. It's it because my supervisor, his name is Denny Sadlak at the time, he was also a PT guy. And we would talk a lot about uh, physiology and a lot about what's happening. And um, in, it was always in the back of my mind, the combat training, and we I would look at sort of the, the, the combat tactics that they do for infantry uh, and the Marines would do. Um, and there was a, there was a, there's a lot of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu baked in to that. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. But you're, you're speaking to sort of like the conditioning that happens in training the off switch or the on switch for what that, you know, for what that experience is going to be. And it wasn't much later when I was working, uh, in the police force in, in Longmont that, uh, the, um, it became evident that there was something missing and there is still something missing which we can go down that route but there's a there's a training there's a there's a huge training component that i think comes with sort of a an adaptability that brazilian jiu-jitsu provides a that flexibility that you know you know that sort of i think a white belt will discover at the end of his first year or somewhere between six months and a year of training, you know, that it's possible to start to relax and still feel uh, protected, you know. Sure. Um, and that does something. And there's something about that. And we can get into sort of a whole conversation there, but that does something to help someone feel, I think, capable of uh, digesting things that happens to them, traumatic events that happen, actually assists with that. And when that's and then when that thing is not there, uh, it can it can go. It, it's it ends up being a bad ex. You know, I mean, it's a bad ex. It's not going to be. Sure. It's not like there's no way to put this in. This is going to be a good experience, but um, so. So yeah, there's there's a bunch of threads there. Learning how to relax while under threat, while someone's trying to choke you unconscious, can help you process traumatic events. Is that what that's, you're saying? That's the premise. Yeah, oh. that's the premise. Well, I think that uh, that that <clears throat> bears out at least in in my reckoning. In that, like, get comfortable in jujitsu. Get comfortable in the bottom of mount. You know, getting choked. Getting squished getting that claustrophobic feeling you kind of develop okay i've got that little seed inside where like okay i'm i'm calm i'm okay i can go go back regardless of what else is happening and then you take that same kind of that same kind of inner uh ability into whatever your next thing is i've definitely okay what can i do to get out of here yeah what are the steps Uh, can i move my arm can i bridge can I push? Yeah. Can I pull? And just having that kind of like that calm and then recognizing outside things at the same time. Cause that's a, that's a skill. That's a thing you can practice too. That's right. right. Like, Oh, I'm under stress, but can I look at the clock and, and not die? Yeah. Can I, you know, am I aware enough to know where my opponent's hands are, et cetera. Uh, and I've noticed this like in traffic, in, mm. in driving a car and like nearly having accidents or having accidents or whatever, right. In the time that I've been training jujitsu, like car accidents happen slow now. Mm. Right? Like, Oh, okay. Shit. I'm going to run into something or something is going to run into me. Like, okay. It's happening. I can see it. It all happens slow. And I don't like panic. I don't blink. I don't hyper focus. Huh? Yeah. Right. It's all, or even simple stuff. I knocked uh, paper towels off the counter and like mm. snatched them before they reflex. hit the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. So your reflex changes That's right. to where like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have to do something about this bad thing that's happening. But panic is not the thing that I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've trained, I mean, there's something both of you are highlighting 
I mean, this sort of makes me froth at the mouth with, you know, the, the clinical part of the conversation. Yeah. I think to sort of <clears throat> put aside the proposition, I, you know, for <clears throat> people who don't, who don't train jujitsu, you know, if, you know, they can throw it out, throw, spread the word, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, we're not talking about high levels of the game here, so to speak. You know, we're not talking about, you know, sort of the chadrezinho, like we say in, you know, in Brazil, which yes. is the chess game of jiu-jitsu, right? Which you end up, you know, th that's a, an arena. Not everybody necessarily needs to go into an advanced form of jiu-jitsu, although I think everybody should practice the art. This is the nuts and bolts of the meat and potatoes of the, training jiu-jitsu tra on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, and that it it and that over oh, very quickly, I think there, <clears throat> there is something that starts to happen, and so I think we're in a way to simplify some of the complexity here. There is I forget the name of the author, but he talked. It's it's the the pyramid of competency, right? And the pyramid of competency starts at the basis with unconscious. Uh, incompetence and it goes from unconscious incompetence to unconscious mastery right mm. so on the far other end on the far end right? between that is a lot of consciousness right so <clears throat> unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence mm -hmm. right you start to learn what you don't know okay. which is really the beginning there where a lot of people have a hard time because they feel like they're getting smashed or whatever. You know. Screw it, I'm out. So I'm out, you know, because you're actually exposing the vulnerabilities there. And then it starts to translate into a conscious form of competence, which, you know, mastery starts to develop. And then... I can do an armbar. That's right. And then it goes into the unconscious competence proposition, right? This thing that happened to me recently in Denver where this drunk guy was there and stumbling around and picked a fight with three different people and then took three, four swings. And it was, it was, it, my heart rate just jumped a little bit and then calmed back down because it was so, you can see it in the video, right? It was just, it, it's so clear what this guy is doing in my body. You know, oh, here we are again. And the last 15 years of practicing and playing and training and whatever was just baked in and, um, we, you, you raise something that's actually pretty critical in the, the notion that something in this actually allows physiologically trauma to get processed because you don't, you know, you somehow have a sense of, it helps you feel safe. You know, we were talking about, you know, joking about safety, but it's sort of people feel, can feel safe. And because they can feel safe, the the traumatic, because trauma is sort of like you feel completely powerless and hopeless, right? right. That's, that's, that's the essence of the trauma itself is that you don't feel capable of responding to the injury, to the mm. psychological. The powerlessness. The powerlessness. Is a key part of it. A key part of the, the proposition, right? And so you don't <clears throat> even know how to approach the thing. Right. So you so you medicate that vulnerability. You you create all sorts of neuroses right there. I mean, it, it becomes very Freudian, so to speak, because you just become neurotic in relationship to the original wound. And if nobody tells you that there is a way to go, I mean, that ideally that's what therapy does, right? Is to create a healthy environment so that people can touch the thing and not panic and. Right, but can you? I mean, the the you can see how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu goes hand in hand with this yeah. here. Yeah, there's a agitation that's going to bring that stuff up. Yeah, kind of naturally because you're being choked, you're being squished, you can't breathe, you're pushing yourself to exhaustion. And it would seem counterintuitive if we're talking to people who do, like look at Brazilian. Right, there's a lot of, you know, I think the legislative in New York right now actually passed a law that like bars a lot of things that would seem commonsensical to hold someone down, right? And uh, for law enforcement, for instance, and it's a very, um, you can't, if you look at it from the outside, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is like, what are they doing? Or what they're, is that? How they're is murdering. That, you know, how is that helpful? Or any kind of things. And it's sort of like, no, actually, you know, a, a rear naked choke is, I mean, the amount of, Henry Gracie talked about this in the Sam 
Harris's podcast, but he, the amount of people that would be dying in Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools across the world. Well, every practitioner <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if the rear naked choke was, I mean, the level of precision <laughs> and control you have with that choke, I mean, it's, right, it's... Well, and then, honestly, like, the way the choke works, to kill someone, yeah. you have to go way past, way past effective. That's right. Right? The, the choke will be effective in less than 30 seconds. They go unconscious. Right. Their body goes limp. All right. And you then have to keep if squeezing. You, if you let go, they don't die. Yeah. Like they do in the movies. When they go limp, they're dead. Right. In the movies. But that's not how it works out in real life. No. They, they go limp and then you have to continue bubble. to choke them for a long time. Yeah. And then eventually their their brain or their nervous system or whatever just gives up. But yeah. it's not yeah. it's not fast. No. Yeah. Uh, yes. Kind of got a uh anyway, that that kind of going backwards a step that made me think uh the some of the power and control that we develop from practicing jujitsu mm -hmm. is from addressing direct danger. Right? It's not just can I keep myself safe? Right? Because we're we're always practicing, okay, I'm gonna keep myself safe in this position. I want to go to a better position. I want to you know move away from danger, etc. But we also have a goal. We have an objective. And we're not going to get that objective unless we put ourselves in danger, unless we accept the yeah. potential for that danger right. and say, okay, I have, I have my six moves mm -hmm. and my two defenses, mm -hmm. and I am going to try to tap that guy out. I accept the danger that he's going to also try to tap me out. Uh, and I think just that once you accept that situation, it goes a really long way in in changing your mentality. Yeah, the, the expo I mean that environment is key, right? The exposure, the play, and the and the fact that it's and it's I mean, you break down the, the the why I get passionate about this in a way because you break down the art and it's one of the most intimate things that are like there is. You're sweating on top of someone, you feel the other person's heartbeat, you, you know. Yeah. You have to be sensitive to their sense of balance because, yeah. you know, it's a slight shift, you know, can get you safer or it can mean that you get the position. And so that requires you to be in a state that is sort of in a place of like openness. I mean, it's, I, the, to me, this goes into sort of like partner dancing or sex even are the like the, the, comp the, 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 the comparables sure. in a way because yeah. but it but it's a fight happening yeah. <laughs> like, you know yeah. and and that it's like wait how does that no one no one told me that when i was gonna walk into you know yeah. like that kind of thing yeah. or this is why it's so complicated too to put it in as a I think a, a treatment modality, if you will, because it's sort of like a by proxy benefit, right? You, the, the anecdotal benefit is clear. I mean, sure. martial arts, thousands of years, and anybody, and the amount of law enforcement and military people who practice Brazilian Jiu Jitsu all speak to the benefits of it. So it's like, so do we need to reinvent the wheel to put the, to formalize this as a mode of training, right? It's sort of like, but should like law enforcement, for instance, part of my is my opinion, but it's part of the way that it needs to be conceptualized is you so you got four 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 twelve hour shifts, four ten out four tens, right? You work four tens, and one of those shifts is going to be training. You're you're, you're going to come in once and and you're going to do yoga, you're going to do meditation, and you're going to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and you're going to train. <laughs> You're in a practice, right? But it's would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's a way because we want, you know, society. I think as a whole expects that, like a law enforcement or an EMS person or even I think a soldier, is like the combination of, you know, what you two guys can do on the mat as black belts and what I can do clinically in the office. It's the combination of like 
you know, that level of skill and mastery over the art and a psychologist. Okay, that's like, you can't expect that from a human, right? And so if you're, if you're not going to, if you're not going to arm them with the tools to learn how to do this adequately and that kind of thing, you start running into problems. But, you know, hmm. we're, we're, we're having, this is like a semi forensic, this my, I think forensically in that way, because that was my work environment back then. This was the origin of this stuff for me. Yeah. Uh, and there's a translation for this therapeutically for really anybody, honestly, I think self-defense component of the curriculum or the you know all these other things they're uh they're not they're not training <clears throat> regularly they're not training jiu-jitsu so they're not uh processing what's going on in their lives uh in a healthy way uh so it builds up and it constricts and causes problems causes them to react poorly yeah because it just builds up. They don't have any way to release it. No. And the ways to release... And this this gets into... We can get into a, a phenomenal thought rabbit hole here of, like, physiology and, you know, neuroscience. But it's, like, you know, it... Um, in, if the brain is a quantum environment, which <clears throat> I think... It, which apparently it is, right? Dude. Dude. <laughs> It, it's 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 a it's the thing, right? If the brain is quantum entangled with everything going on, whatever you're training and whatever you're practicing, even if you're not practicing, is the thing you're encoding, is the thing that's getting encoded. You see, so it's like your mood is gonna getting encoded. You're you're conditioning your whole system to respond to reality what you practice is what you become what, what you, you are what you eat yeah you know and if the day-to-day -day you're not all of the things you eat all of the things mm. exactly right and if you're not moving into something that like actually the way that you're saying you're the, the beauty of the jujitsu situation is that you get thrown into a risk environment that's you know somewhat that's safe well, I don't think it's even thrown in. I think that's you the, choose. That's yeah, that's absolutely. the piece of it, right? Where you process and you say, "Okay, I have control. I have power here." That's right. I don't have to be traumatized by this situation, right. even though this guy's going to choke me. That's right. I don't have. It, it's not a bad situation. I picked this. That's right. I know it's hard. That's right. And I have control. That's right. Maybe not all the control. Yeah. But I've got my moves. A I've little got bit my, more every day. Yes. <clears throat> and then I think for me anyway, that was the. That's the thing, right? That's why I could never give up jujitsu. I don't have control of anything except my jujitsu. Yeah. I got, okay. Yeah. And if I got that one thing, then like, well, that's what it was for Everything else can yeah. work. Yeah. I remember when I first came to the United States, I landed at the university in Boulder and I felt so completely out of place. And I found the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym six months. And it was like fighting with going back home because I felt like, you know, the culture shock was so big. And from Sao Paulo to Boulder, was not <laughs> computing at all for me. I, you know, nice place, but I, the, I just could not. I, I was not, you know, and then, but I, I walked into the Jiu-Jitsu Academy and it's like, there's a, somebody with Havaianas around and somebody said bon dia to me, <laughs> you know, and, nice. and, and it's like, I know, I, I know, I remember an arm bar, <laughs> you know, and in I went and it, and, and it actually allowed me to, um, to stay, to, you know, to like regulate my emotional discomfort with the reality I was experiencing. I yeah. mean, it was, it was a linchpin in my yeah. life at the time, you know, a little taste of home. Yeah. And it, you know, and it, and it allowed me to just, re I mean, it allowed me to regulate the, my nervous system. And I think, you know, if you, I can, I can go into a little spiel here of the neurophysiology. Um, I don't know if that's because this is the, what you're describing is so key. And I think the reason, and this is really the argument for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for sort of trauma or law enforcement or any kind of sense of powerlessness, is that 
at the root, right? If you get, and the white, this is sort of the stereotypical white belt experience in a way, and the how hard they push. It's because the reticular system in the base of the brain goes into overdrive, right? And yep. it's not regulated threat assessment. Fight or flight. Right? And so th this, is, this is the thing that I don't know anything else. You know, psychoanalysis does this well, but it can take up to 20 years. <laughs> you know? Um, and it changes you, but, well, shorter than 20 years, but it, it changes you. And, but there's nothing like a, a, two weeks of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and you're going to be experience inside yourself, your primitive instinctive drive taking over your cognition in the moment, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> instantaneously, yeah. right then and there. And then to have an instructor, a coach, a professor uh, there to go breathe, relax, put your foot there and move your hips this way and watch what happens. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, oh, so now the primitive instinct got educated. Yeah. There's nothing else that does that. Maybe you can say that, you know, there's a form of boxing maybe. That, there's a lot of movement and a lot of dance and a lot of strategy, I think, in boxing, right, which... Uh, I respect, I think, a lot, but this kind of the pressure component of Brazilian that that somatic, like the know, like the professor is speaking directly into the fear place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think there's a different element in grappling in any kind of grappling art too. That's where, right. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, the, animals do strike each other to an extent, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But that it's it's almost always like a death blow kind of thing, yeah. you know, lots of animals do play fight. Yeah, animals play fight for sure. Yeah. Right. And they'll, they'll bat each other around, but <clears throat> animals don't like make hard impact with each other. Uh, and then like react, they make hard impact and then somebody's dead. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Now animals do bite and grab and yeah. catch and whatever. And then there's a, a reaction period. Yeah. Right? And so I think the grappling arts, we have a big activation of that lizard brain because you're grabbing. Somebody is yeah. somebody is holding on to you and like you don't have time to react to a punch, right? <clears throat> Bang, and it happens. Yeah. Right. But you have an instinctual reaction to somebody grabbing any piece That's of you. Right. right. Somebody grabs your neck, you're gonna move in a certain way. Yeah. Uh and I think yeah. you know, like the kind of going back the the intimacy of jiu-jitsu right? it's it's more intimate and more instinctual yeah yeah more it 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 goes to the core of the primitive drive i agree mm -hmm. and then you get to learn from the core of the primitive drive and you know over time right in the more advanced side of it you it becomes so much about the technical your capacity to put the technical component inside of the strategy and you have to be thinking right <laughs> it's like you're actually thinking that's the the, the chess of it becomes so beautiful in right? the middle section you have to be thinking right but then at the end you stop thinking right mm. and and then right and then it becomes i think that's where it's like spiritually transformative even but in the beginning that exposure to and that the conditioning that happens and it happens it happens early on, I think, in the path from white to to the middle of blue or something. And it, and it for the, most it, people, yeah, yeah, you know, and it you know it continues on. But yeah. then I think the the you know it's if you if you track if you put this in a curve, right? It it flattens out the curve. But in the beginning, it's a huge sort of reshaping of something that starts to take place, yeah. right? Um, and then it sort of trickles, keeps trickling up over time, right? But with not the same sort of explosion of experience and experiential sort of consciousness that you, you build a whole new somatic consciousness. Mm. And it does, you know, and it's sort of like, it's not a fix-it-all pill, but there's, um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, being Brazilian, and I, it's interesting because it's sort of like, Brazil has, you know, there's a, thing, a few things that I'm proud of, but there's a lot that I'm 
thoroughly embarrassed about Brazil. As but, an American, I, I, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah. dude. <laughs> I smell your step in. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tricky, yeah. Mm. Um, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is one of them. I think that was a gift that Brazil gave to the planet, you know. And obviously, I thoroughly agree. The, that's right. Mm. And we're but we're only starting. I think you know some of these things. Um, the future, the future can be rich. I think, but it's it's an ongoing conversation too that has a lot lots of barriers to it. I mean, it was you, you know, it was really hard when we did that training in Longmont. It was very With compl- the police. Yeah, it was very complicated to even get that going because those were the the training sergeants for the defensive tactics class and you know talk about talk about something that illuminates the lack of mastery and competence i think they get a a year refresher that's eight hours long once a year once a year in their defense you know and that's across the board right and it's so not better in the armed forces it's not better in the armed forces Mm-mm. so we have you know <laughs> we got a problem <laughs> in a way and you know and how many brazilian jiu-jitsu schools are there and how much can you know so um i, th- I think it's all i think it's a fantastic medicine um spidey put us in for uh adopt-a-cop is that what it's mm-hmm. called yeah, bring cops in, getting into train jiu-jitsu. Yeah, there's a yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's amazing the the lack of engagement with training. Uh, I mean, and I, I saw this in the Air Force, but um, I would I would bet anything it's true across police forces, but. Yeah, the the lack of engagement with the training is kind of the issue. Uh, cops, soldiers, whoever. Yeah. It it becomes their job, right? And you're gonna show up and you're gonna do your job, right? Yeah. Now, I don't want I don't want to sit in front of this computer for six hours. That's not my job. I don't want to sit in this classroom and listen to that guy rattle on for blah blah blah. I've been out on the streets for five years, mm-hmm. and I'm still alive and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need your crap. Mm-hmm. Right, so I know how to do my job, mm-hmm. uh, and so you get that lack of engagement, and then um, by the time they need it, it's too late. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very hard cultural piece for sure, and there's a lot of you know complicated guardians at the door. But yeah, I mean, it ends up being, I think, something like that, some kind of flanking social phenomena starts to happen where adopt a cop or there's some kind of way in which they decide themselves and it's you know and there's a lot a lot that get gets confused sometimes in the particularly in the law enforcement it's like oh you can't do that because they got the belt on or they got the vest on and it's that and it's like crap has nothing to do with this (laughs) has to do with has to do with everything the way you're going to approach a situation right you know, and the way that you, your, your, you know, are you on hyper command? Yeah. Or are you relaxed? Your command presence. Yeah. You know, and you, that your command presence is going to be entirely different. And, you know, we've all been in situations where it's like, I should probably not fuck with that guy, you know, where you feel it. And, you know, the, the and that does something to the situation that sort of command presence can de-escalate the thing in and of itself. But if you're in a state of fear, and granted, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, if the person is psychotic on meth, drunk, or coked up, they're not going to respond. But then you, you know, you're armed with a lot more competency (laughs) than uh, just a gun. I have a a friend, a a good friend of mine, and he, he and I are about the same build, about the same size, and he... You know, for years, you would talk about, like, when you'd go to the bar, and there'd always be that one guy at a bar that would, like, would just have to mess with him, because he was, he was pretty big, he's pretty tall, you know, has pretty yeah. strong presence, sure. and he's like, 
He's like, you know, because I'm alpha, that's not exactly the wording he used. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, someone felt, feels like they have to test me. And I'm like, man, I have the exact opposite experience. No one ever, no one ever messes with me. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Because I'm relaxed. I'm not, my hackles aren't up. Like, I don't, I don't overreact to anything. And those people just walk right by me. Yeah. Which is a good kung fu, right? It's, it's yeah. sort of like you win the fight by not having one. Yeah. In, yeah. a, in, in a social I'm environment, like, dude, that's what you, you want. I'm like, you're putting out those vibes. Stop it. Mm -hmm. If you don't like that, stop it. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. And that and that's a skill. That's a, that's a significant <clears throat> skill to learn and to internalize. I think. And you know, I mean, it this this does go. I can I can geek out on Freud here for a while, but it's it does go to the the aggressive instinct. And the, the proclivity of the aggressive, of the human to go and enact the aggressive instinct, right? Yeah. And you mix it with three beers, <laughs> you know, yeah. and all of a sudden you have the, you know, the disinhibition, the, neuro the neurological disinhibition happening. And if you don't have no sort of uh, exposure and experience and haven't been educated to regulate that address, uh, the aggressive instinct, it just goes and has a night on the table. <laughs> yeah. You haven't been training jiu-jitsu, so you're a little frustrated about whatever, whatever. and that stuff builds up builds. over time, and, and then you're what? a little relaxed. Guess what? You look at me funny, right? Someone <laughs> says something, which gets misinterpreted as something, something. aggressive. And, and, now, and now we're in boom. Kansas. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, you go to the gym and know exactly how tough you are. Yeah. You would know exactly, right. you would right. exactly how tough you aren't. Right. Also, yeah. and then when you go to the bar, you have nothing to prove. That's right. You already proved it all. You have a large file, a body of proof. No, you don't need to go prove it out on the street. No, that that's the other side of the experience. I think that right. to me is you know to put the psychological spin on it, um, the the exposure to limit, and how the exposure to your limit. Uh, is a humbling an appropriately an, an appropriate narcissistic failure you know that that people ought to uh, it's it's the it's the breaking of grandiosity yeah it's a <laughs> mental touch on reality yeah it is, it, it is exactly this it right is psychological here. it is and that yeah. is profoundly psychological i mean that to me does elicit a lot of the sort of psychoanalytic level of this because you bump into limit and the minute you bump into limit of course it's like oh the range of my autonomy is reality yeah. and it is <laughs> and the reality right and and you can have the all the grandiosity you think you, you know whoever you think you are whatever but then reality and and i mean it's a functionally safe space to have that experience Right. Right. And then all of a sudden you might think again about your attitude on the outside. You might actually have more empathy for, you know, for a lot of stuff, you know, which you would normally not. And I think that's a huge other part of it. It, it sort of you become a better person that way, I think. Yeah, I feel like jujitsu has. Just. Increased my empathy exponentially uh, i can relate so much more to how how people feel i can relate so much yeah. more to being moved uh you know i can i don't know i just you you learn a lot and you you really feel for people when you're nose to nose yeah. for, <laughs> for you know decades yeah. uh yeah, I mean, I'm thinking now, like, those those moments where, you know, like, you're having a really good role, and you're, you know, you're pushing your partner. And it's, it happens a lot, like, when I'm rolling with uh, lower-ranked folks, where I'm, like, pushing them and pushing and pushing, and they they have that, like, deep sigh or whatever, <laughs> right? And I'm, like, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay. I, I've been there. I've had that like... That's where they are now. Right? Roger like, that. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that sigh. 
Yeah. I'm going to back off my pressure just a little bit because I've been there before. I know, mm -hmm. right? Like, match isn't over, but this person needs a breath. Right. They done gave up. They need a second. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, just, you can't, you can't be that close to people without yeah, learning to, to feel for feel, them and feel, feel them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think that I might have accidentally said something smart. <laughs> Take the bait down, people. Uh, stop it right now. Everyone shut it down. Right here. Let's stop. Remember this. Remember this forever. Um, Oh shit, no, I made such a That's guy you just <laughs> the, and, Jamie, turn that back. And that's and that's the moment where you do what Jago was talking about, where you're like they, they make that sigh. You can you can tell they're they broke a little bit and you're like you take a second and then you encourage right. them. You're like encourage Okay, them. keep going. Breathe, breathe, relax, oh. and keep fighting. Right. And you can't help but feel people. That was the smart thing I accidentally said. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like literally you can you can through their body, through their tension, through their whatever, you can feel somebody's emotional state. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. You can feel their anger, oh, their yeah. frustration. Yep. You can feel if they're relaxed. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Right. Like I like I like rolling with Cobra. Right. Because he gets these little like these little bursts of joy. Right, he's relaxed and he's calm, and then like something hurts me, and he's got this little bubble of joy. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's that's beautiful and pure. Fucking stop it. Anytime we can give a black belt a little bit of a hard time, I feel a bubble of joy for sure. Yeah, any black belt. But you know, it's but yeah, the and then it and then it can go right to this place of relaxation that you're talking about and that it, and in this and this is the thing it's sort of like i think we need a it it has to do with a sort of a conceptualization of um you know of what fighting or what training looks like this the, you know it's sort of like you have to be ready you know worked up into a frog that's right you know and I mean, you look at, you look at, uh, you know, any good box, Tyson, uh, Ali, like, you know, it's, it's sort of, was it uh, him and Cassius Clay or were, uh, no, that's the same. Muhammad Ali. That, that's the same. Um, like Ali Frazier? And, well, he was in the back of the ring and he just put his hands down. Mm, the rope of dope. Yeah. And, uh, and he just, yep. you know, just. That was. Uh, and that's Ali Frazier, wasn't it? Just Frazier. That was Muhammad Ali. That was Ali. And the guy that made George Foreman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ali Foreman. And Africa. Yeah. It was in Africa. And no one could deal with Foreman's power. And Ali Ali couldn't either, except he figured out how to by by not dealing with it. That's right. By relaxing and taking it. By relaxing and that that clip is just one of the like you look at that thing and it's like, how is this happening, right? And he's loose, 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 and boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And that, if you conceive of a, right, what is that stance in the fight, right? And that's something that you train in Brazil, in jiu-jitsu, because it's sort yes. of like, you don't begin, you don't slap hands and immediately, right, immediately grip really hard, because a white belt will do that, and it's yeah. so easy to sweep them. Yeah. <laughs> whoop, the whoop, tense. Whoop, right? You get someone... They made know, themselves into a solid object, which yeah. you can push over easily. Yeah, exactly. If you try to push over a jellyfish, it's going to be hard. Because they're not a solid object. Because they're... Yeah. They're relaxed. Right. Or, you know, whatever. You they're know, jellyfish. But. And it's like, you grip... You you feel the grips when I roll <clears throat> with you guys, or anybody who's a little more advanced. It's sort of the grip is there, but you don't know which direction exactly that thing is meant to go. You know? Because it'll go whatever direction... That counters the direction you're trying to push it. Right. And when so you push it. That Bruce Lee called it the minimal uh, minimal anticipatory tension. The state of minimal anticipatory tension, which That's is That's perfect. The state of water he talks yeah, about is the That's metaphor, what he called it. Right? It's like you you wanna it's you don't wanna be gripping. You you wanna be here sort of with your hand on the person, right? So that 
it's right. You can grip, yeah. right? You can yeah. put you the can pin, squeeze, you can, or you can squeeze, relax. If but, I push, you can pull it back. That's right. If I, if but, I pull, but it, you you're, can push. you're here. You're you're in contact, right? And um, and so him in his in the, the in the Jeet Kune Do whatever you know because he, he did like some ground grappling stuff, but um, it's there in the theory, right? And it's. It's I, I, to me, this is real education, you know, like if we if we trained people to sort of right. I mean, this, to me, this is sort of the few It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get pie in the sky here for a second. But it's sort of like if we have hope to survive on the planet, we, we probably need to learn how to deal with one another. Right, <laughs> a little better. Seems to make, <laughs> make sense. You yeah. know, like I mean, let's go. That right. That's that's okay. a conversation worth having. So we all need to read Carl Lightman and get our blue belts. Well, who's Carl Lightman? Yeah, he's the the face guy, the primal emotions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and micro expressions. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was considered at one point the world's foremost expert on empathy. Right. Uh, yeah, like the universality of of emotion is all all this study. Yeah, and the Patterns. facial expression. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Extreme empathy through grappling. Extreme empathy through. You're hitting some notes today, Professor. <laughs> this is I, I almost tripped up on my tongue a little bit on that one, but I'm glad. I'm glad this is being recorded. Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. extreme empathy through grappling. There you yes. go. That's a because that's what it is. And sort of like you know, instead we in schools get everybody to you know. It's like learn the learn. It's not even learning. I mean, it's sort of you know, you get. You, you, what do you, it shouldn't even be called learning. It should be called information encoding, right? Information encoding, which is what it is. You know, you encode it into medium, short-term medium memory to regurgitate it on the test, mm -hmm. right? The te the, and, and so you're testing how well you are encoding information in your, you're testing the, the memory block. Mm -hmm. From the, uh, from <laughs> what the does this have to do with learning? I don't know, but it is what we're doing, you know. From the teaching side, they call it um, banking style education. Banking style education, yep, right? Um, the teacher deposits all that knowledge, and at the end of the semester, withdraws it all back. Right. And then, who has it? Well, it's still me. Right. You. They just brain dump whatever. Um, and it's kind of how. The American school systems have worked for a long time. It yeah. was originally designed to make people good workers in a factory. Mm -hmm. Sit there and do the same thing over and over again. Just like sitting in a classroom. Yeah. Not designed to teach people how to think, or grow, or learn how to deal with other people. Yeah. And how some dealing with other people. Because yeah. they're all in a box together. Yeah, I guess in that way. Yeah, or or shut down, right? To not deal with them, but I mean, to your to your you know to the the jujitsu. I mean, how many different ways of learning are there, right? This is a thing in education too. Is like that some kids learn kinesthetically. With, yep. I mean, for God's sake, they need to move. You can in a in a classroom. I I kind of feel out. Some people do really well when they when they feel the move, and I'll pick them and yeah. use them as bookies. Right. More often, and some people really need to see it. Like they can feel it, but then when they go with their partner, they can't do the move because yes. they need to. They need to see it. That's right. And you get a feel for those those students on both sides over time. Yeah, right. And you, right. And so that's you know where we standardize things or thing. And it's interesting, right? Because this thing has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Jiu-Jitsu itself. If you if you go back long enough. You know, I mean, not to romanticize parts of the ancient world, which I think is sort of intellectually dishonest in well, some it level. Was brutal, and yeah. Awful. That's it, you know, and the samurai but, and all this stuff. But you know, you wanted you wanted to train back then, you know, and it's like you had to train in sword fighting, or you know, horsemanship, archery, close quarters combat, jujitsu, and boxing. 
But then you had to do literature, philosophy, calligraphy, flower arrangement. You had to have a sense for the aesthetic. Bullet warriors? Yeah. Right. Yeah, know. but they didn't have TV, so like lots there's, of extra there time. Is, there is that. There is that. No Twitter. No YouTube. Um, man. Yeah. No Facebook. Yeah, so they were like... No uh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wasted a lot less time. There is that. Maybe they didn't waste less time. They just wasted no, it on no, stuff. No, no, I mean, that's, that's a whole other... Yeah. I'm sure they did waste time. I'm sure <clears throat> laziness was a thing back then. Well, they got all those poems <laughs> about sitting next to a river for hours on end. Or yeah. You know? so that's... yeah. They did invent beer. And sake. Yeah. yeah. Those things did happen a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, the monks invented beer. I mean, why did the monks invent beer? I mean, the monks, the Trapel monks, they needed it. <laughs> they needed beer. If anyone needed beer, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of. But yeah, so it's a fascinating conversation, um, and I think you know, and it translates outside of the the, the realm. It goes into sort of day to day for anybody. Right, I think it, it. I think it has a clinical application. I think you know you said it sort of en passant, but that people should learn about affect regulation a little bit and learn and get their blue belts. I, I don't, you know, I think that would help a lot, actually. You know, it's a sort of a form of because you're you're walking around with a nervous system, whether whether you want you're on the planet, you know, yeah. you didn't you don't know exactly how you got here, how you got invited, right? That's my, my view is sort of existential there. So there's no manual about how to do this there's thing. There's no, you know, it's sort of, you know, this is why the existential is called the absurd, right? It's sort of, you're here, you're thrown. Mm -hmm. Here you are. Figure it out. Welcome to the planet. And now apparently there's this thing called the nervous system and it's operating in all these ways. And it's probably a good idea to learn how it works a little bit. You need to exercise. Yeah. You need to move your body. Right. Uh, you need to learn how to breathe properly. You need yeah. to learn how to calm down. You, you need, need to learn how to focus your mind. And you know what focuses the mind really easily, real easy like? Instead of like sitting and meditating, which you have to practice over and over and over again. When someone tries to choke you, <laughs> you become supremely really focused, focused on not getting choked out. Imagine that. Weird. Yeah. Weird. I really don't want this thing to happen right now. Let's see if we can figure out how to get out. Yeah. Let's breathe. Let's think. Taxes? Nope, nope, not anywhere there. Not thinking about no. that shit. When was my kid's play again? Nope, nope, no. nope. Can't be paying attention to that All shit. All that pushed out of the brain. You become supremely focused on this moment. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. So, uh, kind of, we talked quite a bit about police and military and I think there's a whole other group that could really use some insight and that being just your average person who has experienced trauma mm -hmm. and wants to do jujitsu because mm -hmm. I know that can be very difficult mm -hmm. um, I mean, it can be very difficult to like start that process um, Coming into a jiu-jitsu academy for the first time has got to be intimidating. Yeah, yeah I mean, know? it's intimidating if you are, you know... A black belt. Well, yeah, and if you've had three square meals and a good night's rest and, the, you know, a happy childhood. If, <laughs> you know, if... if you hitting some cords today. <laughs> right? If something bad has happened to you, uh, it can be that much more intimidating to, to start any process, really, but to, to start jiu-jitsu... Um, yeah. How how could we encourage those folks? How could we get those folks that maybe really need some jujitsu because of past events to to get into it? It's a fascinating question, you know, and uh, it brings up for me the pandemic, uh, <clears throat> and I'll explain that um, in um, during the pandemic, clinical practice went virtual, right, and so. Um, in the beginning of it, uh, I personally had a difficult time with the adjustment myself. 
you know, it was sort of like, how is this, you know, the composition, the framing, the situation is entirely different. Over time, I adjusted my attitude. Less intimate? Yeah, it, well, it's, it. Less engaging. If you, sh it, the, 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 the likelihood for distraction is much higher. Yeah. Um, and there's certain sort of, you know, day-to-day -day difficulties. It's sort of like, you know, people have their kids in the next room or yeah. they're, they're having, doing it at their house. And, and they're having an affair and they can't, <laughs> you know, sort of talk about it. Or then they need to go do the, the, the phone in the car and put it, where do I put this damn thing? And then it falls, and, you know, and then somebody's walking by and they're having sort of a break. So it doesn't, yeah. it, it you know, the context... The, the context, the framing of, of psychotherapy shifted. Not the picture, but the rest of it. The rest of it. Right. And then eventually people found, you know, I found that everybody sort of found their groove with it and understood. I had people that understood that they needed to take their drive, park it in this parking space and do it there, you know, and that that place was quiet and people found, found a way eventually. But it highlighted for me... Um, you know, and if you, and I'm making an analogy here with the anxiety of seeking a therapist, right? Sure. And that, that there's, that's an anxiety ridden process. There's a part of the treatment that got left with Zoom or virtual, which was the, the journey of leaving your house, getting in the car and going to the office. Right. And sitting in the waiting room and then getting in and then leaving and going back home, which is actually an important unspoken part of the treatment. Right. Yeah. Because you're sort of organizing yourself in the direction and then there's a ritual involved in all these things. I talk about that ritual in jujitsu a fair amount. Yeah. Leave that stuff out there. When you come in, you take your temperature, you bow on the mat, you right. change out of those clothes right. of that other world. And right. you put on the clothes of this place, mm -hmm. leave that stuff behind and put yourself into this space. Yeah. And I think, so I think that it, the intimidation factor that we're talking about in, I think in the world of psychology, there's this, there's the stigmatization, which I, you know, is getting lower as time goes by, which is a good thing. But, and then in what you're describing, particularly if someone's been exposed to trauma or what have you, bad experiences, that that intimidation factor is sort of, a, I think, um, it, it, it feels, it feels Lilliputian, like I can only say that. Lilliputian. Like it feels more giant than it actually is. I think it's, it's the kind of thing that, you know, it, it, do exposure therapy, right? In yeah. with the jujitsu academy, which is walk by the front door. The Lilliputians were the little, the little people that tied down the giant. The in Gulliver, Gulliver's, Gulliver's travels. Gulliver's yeah. travels, you know, and Gulliver. So it feels so. Gulliver was the giant. The, the giant, yeah. right? Okay. And, and so it's it. You have the, the the fantasy that it's sort of Gulliver that you're gonna go meet or something like that. This uh -huh. thing, and it's actually, it's actually small. Right. It's actually not that you walk in, sit down in the thing. You get met with someone who comes and says hello to you, or you someone look. Someone will show you a couple. Someone will show a couple moves. You'll, you'll you know, with. and you know that there is a. There is, you know, it, it challenge yourself to have a panic attack right there in the jujitsu academy. I suppose it's in a way just by sitting on the bench, and looking at the class and. Maybe you run the risk of figuring out that it is actually a welcoming environment, right? You run the risk of it being sort of something that triggers you, just like psychotherapy can trigger you, and it probably, the likelihood of you being triggered in therapy is probably much higher, I think, uh, to some extent. But you, it might happen on the mat, but you're actually going to learn, I think, that it is a fundamentally okay place it's a safe place to come in there, there's a community there's i mean it's sort of the camaraderie right the that gets built inside of that context right. and that kind of thing and that people 
I, I've never experienced. I mean, even when I started in Brazil, when I was 16 and there was like a lot of fighting between academies and things like that, you were still welcomed in wherever you showed up, you know, and um, that it, it takes an act of courage, I suppose. And I think that act of courage can be pretty defining for someone in the beginning. Um, but hopefully they listen to something like this or hear, you know, and I mean, you know, there's, you know, the, there's a jujitsu combat, all this stuff around it. And it is about that. But this other side of Brazilian jujitsu, which is about developing empathy, that's actually baked into the thing, you know, I mean, it teaches you how to do MMA and it teaches you learn how to deal with your emotions and learn how to deal with their emotions and your emotions interplaying together while they're trying to choke you and you're trying to choke them. Right. There's something to that. And then immediately after direct confrontation, you still have to be in the room with that person. That's right. You slap hands. Right. You probably laugh. Right. Ideally, yeah. You might even hug. Yeah. If, if everything's going well, then yeah, you get along with that person and everything's groovy. Yeah. But I mean, that, that too is a, is a huge lesson that we can take from jiu-jitsu in that right, <clears throat> a lot of other conflicts, we have a conflict, yeah. it resolves, and then we go away from each other yeah. and you know, we, don't, we don't have anything to do with each other anymore or whatever. Yeah. Uh, here, we have, our, we have our play conflict. And then we discuss it with each other, figure yeah. out what we learned from it. And, yeah. uh, you know, you take your, your wins and losses and your successes and failures. Cool. Yeah. You, you helped me learn this lesson. Hey, I got you on this one. Uh, and you're friends with the people that, well, you're friends with the people that initially scare you. And then you're friends yeah. with the people that beat you up the most. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's I mean, you know, you're going to get challenged for sure, right? I mean, that's that's sort of Hopefully. Baked, baked into the situation, but that <clears throat> the you need the challenge to grow, you know, therapy is challenging. Mm -hmm. you if you're know, too comfortable, you won't grow. You, you won't grow. And but the challenge does have to be made in a in a certain way. That's that's true also. Uh, and that's, you know, clinical practice specializes in what kind of environment does that person need? What kind of challenge does that person need, right? And it changes sometimes minute by minute. Mm -hmm. um, Your jiu-jitsu, jiu <laughs> the, the way you train, the way you attack or defend, the, the pieces you pick up are as personal, like it's, yeah. it's your fingerprint on the mats. Like That's you can right. see how you process the world, how you think about problems. Yeah, yeah. You can see that, how they train. <clears throat> yeah, and it's very and it's and it's very personal, right? I mean, the way that you can't hide who game, you are on the mat. The game, yeah, you can't you can't yeah. do it. Yeah. You are who you are on the mats. Yeah. If you're spending energy trying to hide that, then you're you've got bad jujitsu. Yeah, you just have to be you. You have yeah. to deal with it. You get a little bit better every day. The problem is the problem. Okay. So, sort of, there's an understand. There's this, we're getting into philosophy here, I suppose. But you can have an understanding of courage, right? It's sort of the proposition that somehow courage it's is not the lack of fear. entirely devoid of the experience of shaky anxiety, fear yeah. right? you, that you're going to eliminate. You know, and yes, there are clinical forms of anxiety that paralyze people. That's you know, but that's a you know, don't don't go to. You need something else. But the other part, the other range of anxiety, that you're not going to feel it in the beginning. No, you're going to feel it all. It's if you have an acute trauma, if you have a broken leg, you need to put a cast on it. You yeah. need to protect that. That's right. But once the, the break is healed, you need to take that cast off and stress the leg right. so that it can re-strengthen, so it can relearn how to be a leg again. You can't continue to keep it safe and cloistered and hidden away. That's right. And the same for your mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you have an acute trauma, you do need to deal with that. Yeah. Jujitsu may not be the place for it. Yeah. But it, it very well may. Yeah. It very well may. The likelihood is probably that is. It probably but is. Yeah. you know, like there there are cases where no, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the, the, uh, absolutely, <clears throat> and it, it's not it's not a panacea, but it is it is an important tool. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly an underused 
to sort of you once know. the break is healed, get back out there and yeah. stress it, you know, yeah. grow it, make it stronger. And so, you know, spreading the word, like you know, sort of like people talk more and more about you know they couldn't pronounce jujitsu <laughs> a while ago, so it's an evolution, right? Jiu-jitsu, what we care? You ninjutsu, <laughs> you know, I don't know. There was a month there where every time I told someone I trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they said, oh, you train Capoeira? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was I like mean, a month. Every, every <laughs> different, different people, that same line. And I'm like, motherfucker, did I say Capoeira or did I say Jiu-Jitsu? What, what words did I use? <laughs> I remember that. Because I remember saying Jiu-Jitsu. I know. I remember that. Do you know Capoeira? I know Capoeira. It's not. Ay, caralho. <laughs> you got the right country. I'll give you, I'll I'll give you some right credit. Here, there. I'll give you some credit. It's the neighborhood, I suppose. <laughs> you know, you know, this, it was happening there. No. <laughs> yeah. Training jiu-jitsu to beating bow music, though, that's something I, I remember that in a while. It'll be fun. Because it, in the academy, in Ryan Gracie's academy uh, in Sao Paulo, there was a, a capoeira was happening in the same, it was a big studio, right? Mm -hmm. In the, the big gyms in Brazil, they have capoeira, they, you know, there's weightlifting and yeah. the swimming pool and whatever. Yeah. But then there's capoeira classes too, right? Yeah. And so in the studio, sometimes they're doing the beating bow and like you're, and singing and stuff and you can be rolling next to them and that was that was pretty cool that sounds so, nice yeah put some capoeira music next time uh, pojada. I got it. why doesn't our martial yeah. art have more singing yeah <laughs> i feel like we're missing out now yeah. we need a band there playing while we're while we're training <laughs> obviously why not i know why is that not a thing yeah so all right. I feel like we got into a groove there for sure. For sure. Huh. Uh, we are kind of running up to our, our limit here. Well, let's do this again sometime. This was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. There's a lot of places to explore this. Yeah. Actually, I think that's uh, that's a great place for uh, the audience out here to get to get involved, get engaged. Uh, right? Like. Jago is an expert, folks. Ask ask smart questions. Uh, we can get we can get Chiago back to answer those smart yeah. questions. Leave some comments. Reach out to us in which, whichever ways you can. Um, you have that friend that needs jujitsu in their life. Get them in to train. Yeah. Or at the very least, share this podcast with them. Yeah, that's that's a good step one. And hey, if a friend sent you this podcast, 950 Santa Fe, come down, train jiu-jitsu. 950, 950 Elgin Ave. Right. Huh? Boom. 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 Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was uh, great to be a fly on the wall for this one. So. Mm. Break on three. One, two, three. <laughs> nice. You're the...